That's the uh, Korean song. It's called Hakkyo Jungi Ding Ding Ding. And it basically says that uh, the school bell is going ding ding ding, which is onomatopoeia. Like, I don't know, ring ring ring, bang bang bang, whatever. Ding 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 is how it goes in Korean. And it says, um, everybody gather. And then it says, the teacher is waiting. So, yeah. Basically, the teacher is waiting. That's what it says. Um, that's the song. That's the whole song right there. I just gave you the lyrics. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually thinking of expanding some of my content. I, I'm thinking of doing more videos like uh, the the Johnny Yoon video that I did, um, Drunk Korean American History. If you haven't seen the video, I really recommend it. I mean, I made it like three years ago. Uh, this is back when I was still drinking. I was drinking a lot at the time because everybody was. And uh, yeah, I made it during the pandemic lockdown back in 2020. I made it specifically for the Asian American uh, Heritage Month, the AAPI Heritage Month. And it's basically me drunk on soju and beer reciting the life's history of comedian and TV actor, uh, filmmaker, but mostly a comedian and an opera singer. It's basically me reciting Johnny Yoon's life from from the start of his career till his death, which happened to be 2020. He died in the year 2020. It was the same year that I published an article about him. Yeah, it's really... The timing could not have been more uncanny. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking of doing more of those kinds of videos, but not with alcohol. I'm thinking of doing it while high on uh, cannabis. Um, not on like LSD, not on mushrooms. I would do it high on cannabis. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Because, you know, I mean, lately, I don't know, like, maybe it's because the season's changing. I've just been craving alone time. So just isolating myself. And um, I've been craving like coffee cake. And I went to Costco which is a dangerous place to go when you're craving anything. But I went to Costco and I saw that they're selling this like seasonal pumpkin spice uh, muffin. So I bought a bunch of those and I've been eating them like coffee cake. I mean, a muffin is essentially a cake. I don't know why people call like, why do they differentiate a muffin from a cake? It's the same thing. It's just, a muffin is a cake without icing. But in the case with these pumpkin spice muffins, there is like a, a crumble. Oh my god, my mouth is watering like crazy right now. I guess it's the season because now that it's fall, I'm feeling different. Yeah. So I I don't feel as motivated. Like I don't have as much energy, you know? And I'm just trying to think, like, was this summer very productive? I don't know. I'm not sure if I could say emphatically yes. I did do a lot last week. I mean, like getting my hair done and getting my headshots taken. I, that's all work to me. That's a lot of work. And I guess it exhausted me. So I spent this past week kind of recovering from that, I suppose, regaining my energy. And how did I do that? I did that by stuffing my face with pumpkin spice muffins from Costco. And yeah, I mean, are my joints inflamed? Yes, they are. Do my hips and my knees, do they hurt? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Does sugar and wheat gluten make my joints inflamed? Yeah. 
<laughs> I've learned this, like, this is a hardcore fact now. I feel it in my body because I do yoga every day. And I was like, this is, there's a definite difference in my body this week. I was not this stiff. I was not this much in pain last week when I was not eating these muffins. All right. I also got pizza. All right. I'm not going to lie. I won't lie to you. All right. It was a Friday and I got myself a pizza. Did I get myself a slice? No, I went and got myself a pie. Why? Because if you get a slice, it's like $2 or three. If you get a slice, it's like, it's like some number, but if you get a whole pie, it's $10. So it's just a better deal. That's why I got a pie and I've been eating pizza and muffin all weekend. And it has certainly inflamed my joints. So, hey, if you want to inflame your joints, I invite you to have some Costco muffins and pizza. Yay. What is it about? What is it about? Why am I talking about this? I'm just, I guess I'm talking about this because it's been weighing on me. You know, whenever I eat food that I know is not agreeable with my body, I feel guilt. Who is imposing this guilt? Myself obviously, just my own stupid head. And why am I talking about it? So that I can get over it because it's actually not that big of a deal. You see, it's not like I'm going to be eating, you know, pumpkin spice muffins and pizza forever. It's not like I'm going to be eating them every single day for the rest of my life. No, I'm just having like a muffin craving and a pizza craving. I guess I just need some muffins and pizza at the moment. I do feel that it's not only taking a physical toll, it's also taking a bit of a mental and emotional toll. Yeah, my anxiety is up for sure. Uh, the depression clouds are creeping in, but that happens. Anxiety and depression creep in when my diet is not optimal. Yeah, when my joints are inflamed, why wouldn't my the rest of me be inflamed and uncomfortable? Of course they are, but it's just part of it. It's just part of the bigger process as a whole. We're all on this journey. It's okay. I'm going to let myself have a pizza and a muffin. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let myself do that. Did I also start rewatching the Gilmore Girls? Yeah, I did. Why? Because it's fall. Huh? Yeah. Today's the equinox. Well, I'm, I'm recording this on Sunday. So today's the equinox. And on equinox is, is, well, is it today or was it yesterday? The equinox was this weekend. And it is the time when we transition out of spring, uh, out of summer and into the fall. And when we transition into the fall, I just change, you know, my body and mind go back to certain points in my life where fall just felt like fall. You know, I start craving more jackets. I start craving more cinnamon. You know, I want some hot toddies. I bought myself a bunch of pears and then they ripened like immediately. And I was like, what do I do with all these pears? I've been looking up a bunch of pear recipes online and all of them are just full of sugar and fat and I can't be having that. So I just, I just juiced them. Yeah, I'm going to be having pear juice all week. And that's all right with me. That's just fine with me. I like pears. Folks, if you have not signed up, please become a Patreon member. What's stopping you? I mean, if you're on Patreon and if you're supporting K-Drama School, you're going to be getting more content from me. I will be discussing shows and movies that are not discussed on my K-Drama School podcast. Meaning I'll be discussing shows and movies that are made in New Jersey made in Hollywood, made in South America, made in Mexico, made in, made wherever else, you know, it could be English language, it could be Spanish language, it could be any language. I will be covering all different kinds of diverse media that I happen to watch that go beyond the scope of Korean television shows. So if you're interested in hearing about that, learning about that, communing with me about that, please join 
my Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash kdramaschool and learn how you can support this podcast via Patreon because your support matters a great deal to me. If you want to get some swag, some merch, some K-Drama School merch, you may do so. You can go to the K-Drama School store, which is at kdramaschool.com slash store. And you can email me at info at kdramaschool.com if you have any questions or, you know, TV suggestions for me to cover on this podcast. Yeah, I'm open to them. I'm receptive. Yeah, I may not always do it because if the show doesn't interest me, I'm going to not do it. But sometimes, sometimes those things align. What the person requests and what I'm interested in, they do align. So let's see. Let's see what kind of magic we can make. Yes, email me, info at kdramaschool.com. Today I'll be discussing the show Miraculous Brothers, which is a JTBC K-drama that aired this summer. And it's done. It's already done. But Netflix has been, I guess, dilly-dallying, lollygagging, whatever. Netflix has not been on top of their shit. So if you're watching this show on Netflix, you're going to have to wait at least two more weeks until the show is over. Then you'll have the whole series at your disposal. But for now, you can watch the whole show on either Vicky or Drama Cool. Just go to Drama Cool. You can watch everything on, for free on Drama Cool. Of course, you have to add an ad blocker. Otherwise, you have to watch like a bunch of porn like all throughout. There's all, a lot of porn ads. Okay, Miraculous Brothers. This is the premise. Like, What if you're a struggling writer who happens to find a complete novel manuscript in the backpack of a teenage boy you just hit with your car? And that teenage boy is in a coma and there's no certainty that he will wake up. And you're a struggling writer. You have so much debt and you only work part-time jobs as a delivery boy. And it's really dehumanizing and degrading. And you happen to have this manuscript. And so you decide to publish it. Yeah, you decide to publish it using your name, even though you did not write it. And, And let's say that you start blowing up. But what happens? This little kid that was comatose, he wakes up. Oh my gosh. And you now have a relationship with this little kid. And you feel guilty the whole time because you stole this manuscript out of his backpack. But turns out this little kid did not write the manuscript. It was his older brother who wrote it. And this older brother is now an adult and he knows he knows that you stole it. Oh, also this teenage boy, uh, he came from the past. Yeah, there was like some universe glitch and he somehow ended up in front of your car from the past. That's the premise. Yeah. Okay. so like. The premise of this struggling writer stealing another person's manuscript, this is not a new premise. It actually reminds me of the 2010 movie by Woody Allen called You Will Meet a Tall Dark Stranger, where Josh Brolin's character does the exact same thing. He steals his comatose... No, he steals his dead friend's manuscript. He thinks his friend is dead from a car accident, but later it turns out he was comatose. Yeah. And the book is published and the lies have been spread, but friend's comatose and the friend starts waking up and that's where the movie ends right but in this show the premise is like oh this kid is now awake we're still in the early part of the shows so what's gonna happen yeah well here's the thing I feel like Woody Allen did a better job because that ending like the stakes of that ending it's like oh my god what the drama of this what is gonna happen it's like unbelievable it's unfathomable But the way that this show keeps running, it's like, even though those stakes are so high, those stakes start to deplete 
episode by episode because people just don't seem to care whether or not this guy stole it you know for a second there it's like a little bit like oh what's gonna happen but no 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 the the balloon of those stakes like shrinks down as the show continues the writer tries to rationalize why he stole this manuscript and published it as his own as his own he does this throughout the series and it's really fascinating watching him do this because like where is his artistic integrity where is his writer's dignity? It's all out the window. And he has to do so much talking and so much like self-psyching up to feel okay with his decision. Because he's just plagued by guilt. Plagued by guilt. Plagued by fear. I mean, he's not living a peaceful life at all. None whatsoever. This teenager, Kang San, who shows up from the past, it's like, well, why? Why did he show up from the past? We need to figure this out. Let's start with Dongju, Yuk Dongju, the character Yuk Dongju. Uh, his name is modeled after a modern Korean poet named Yun Dongju. Yun Dongju's poems were published um, during the colonial era in South Korea, and they were very nationalistic in nature because Yun Dongju happened to be a independence fighter. He was an activist, and he was against the Japanese imperial rule over South not South Korea, over the Korean Peninsula at the time. And the colonial doctors, the Japanese colonial doctors in that era, they conducted a lot of inhumane experiments on Korean prisoners' bodies. And Yun Dongju happened to be one of those people, and then he died in prison at the tender age of 27. Now, Yuk Dongju has a similar work of justice that is being teased out throughout this show because he needs to reveal the truth of why his father died okay like his father died it's like coincided with this little boy that he hit why his father died is one reason that he's trying to uncover the truth another reason is like who murdered this homeless man and where's the videotape that caught footage of these young teenage kids murdering this homeless man and how is it how does that storyline coincide with the death of his father and how does this coincide with him stealing this manuscript and this weirdo dude named Hanu who knows that he stole his manuscript and Hanu is actually the author of that manuscript and how does it coincide with this teenage boy so it's a very convoluted situation but Yuk Dongju does have to uncover some truths and he needs to bring justice to the to light because he's sitting on a whole lot of truths here the way that Dongju tries to hide and rationalize his choices for stealing and publishing that manuscript is no different from how the rich kids, who are now adults, rationalize and hide their choices for having murdered and tortured this poor, poor innocent man when they were teenagers. And then there's another criminal named Hanu who is going around killing these rich people who murdered this homeless man. And he feels like his murdering, his acts of murder, are justified because these people committed such a heinous crime. But that is why Kang San shows up from the past. Because he has to confront Hanu, right? So Kang San is the one innocent person on this show. He's still a teenage boy. And he suffered the same abuse as Hanu has when he was a kid, right? Hanu and, and 
Kangsan were both abused little boys at this church where a pastor, a reverend, physically abused these young kids. But Kangsan preserves the light. He maintains the light and he decides to just make choices that are of the light. But Hanu is a little different. He's cut from a different cloth. He decides to lean into the darkness. It's like he suffered so much abuse, so much injustice, that he decides that he needs to do something about that injustice by taking it out on the world. And he thinks that it's he's justified in doing that because the people that he's after happen to be criminals. Okay, but that's, of course, questionable, right? Because how come Kangsan, who suffered the same abuse, how come he's not going around murdering people? Whereas Hana is, yeah? Dongju tries to rationalize that he had no choice but to steal this manuscript. He rationalizes that, you know, he was stuck in a very difficult circumstance and he was in a sticky situation. He had no choice but to do this heinous thing. Just as these teenagers rationalize their decision to torture and murder an innocent man. And they continue to do that in their adulthood. They continue to forget and forgive their own choices and believe that it's okay. Hanu tries to rationalize his acts of murder as justified by going after these murderers, okay? But we see that Kangsan takes no part in those kinds of choices. He's like, well, I'm just going to live my life and preserve what I consider to be valuable and hold dear. Hmm? So what is the message here? It's kind of like, mind your own business. Yeah, mind your own business and tend to your own pain first. Right? Like, I think that's something people forget. I certainly forget it often. And I have to remind myself constantly. I remind myself of this daily. You know, like my head will fire off with all kinds of feelings of injustices, which are based from my own feelings of injustices from my past traumas. But then I wake up and then I realize there's really nothing for me to do about those so called injustices from my past. Why? Because it's in the past, it's over. And I don't need to go around taking out that rage on other people in the present day and there is no way to find justice quote-unquote justice for something like that one will never find it the only thing that matters is tending to my own pain because behind that motivation to fight and be an activist and be a whatever and go and take care of business and change the world and da 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 be a hero all of that it's all motivated by pain and fear pain from the past and fear that it'll happen again so i gotta tend to my inner pain tend to my inner fear and that's the only work i gotta do it's as simple as that and yet and yet the world does not know this and yet the world does not know this the media certainly doesn't know this why do you think people who read the news are way more anxious i have not read the news i have not read the news in forever like over a year of no news, no TV news, no, like, I unsubscribe from New York Times and all of that shit. And I swear to God, my life is so much more peaceful than than it was when I was reading the news obsessively. Yeah, you don't need that. You don't need that added drama. Take care of your own drama. And I don't mean, like, take care of it as in, like, extinguish it. No, I mean, look at it. <laughs> Pay attention to it. Look at it. Just observe it. And if there is a part of you that needs some tending to, go and tend to that pain. That's all. That's the only thing we need to do here.
I love the actor Cheng Wu. Cheng Wu, the guy who plays this Tongju fella, I think he's such an excellent performer. He was in Reply 1994. I would say that that's the show that's really given him like a career boost because he's been in show business at least five years prior to that or possibly even 10 years prior to that. He's been around for a minute and that show definitely put him on the map. And he's an amazingly talented actor. He's not the best looking actor. Like he's not like a K-drama stud by no means. But he's such an he's such a talent. He's an excellent performer. So anytime he's on a show, I'm interested. I'm like, I wanna I wanna watch. I'm, I wanna see this guy. He's entertaining. He's definitely an entertainer. The actor Pei Hyun Sung, the young kid, he's very interesting, very new. Yeah. He I think his debut was on Hospital Playlist, even though I don't re- recall him being on that show but yeah that's his debut he was in hospital playlist and i remember him from our blues of course he was so good in our blues such a range of emotions but in miraculous brothers like this poor kid's range is very limited but i would say that that's more of a testament to the directing and possibly the writing of this show i would not blame that on hyunsung specifically because he's such a young kid and he's just arrived in the k-drama scene i mean he's still growing as an actor he's still learning i think he needs more time to ripen and to really find his voice his his own way of expression but i think he's well on his way because he was so good in our blues i know that he has it he know he has what it takes but the the lucky thing about this guy hyunsung is that he's been on in a lot of hits a lot of k-drama hits so he's a lucky actor he gets a lot of good shows in his filmography <laughs>
if you get a slice, it's like, it's like some number, but if you get a whole pie, it's $10. So it's just a better deal. That's why I got a pie and I've been eating pizza and muffin all weekend and it has certainly inflamed my joints. So, hey, if you want to inflame your joints, I invite you to have some Costco muffins and pizza. Yay. What is it about? What is it about? Why am I talking about this? I'm just, I guess I'm talking about this because it's been weighing on me. You know, whenever I eat food that I know is not agreeable with my body, I feel guilt. Who is imposing this guilt? Myself, obviously, just my own stupid head. And why am I talking about it? So that I can get over it because it's actually not that big of a deal. You see, it's not like I'm going to be eating, you know, pumpkin spice muffins and pizza forever. It's not like I'm going to be eating them every single day for the rest of my life. No, I'm just having like a muffin craving and a pizza craving. I guess I just need some muffins and pizza at the moment. I do feel that it's not only taking a physical toll, it's also taking a bit of a mental and emotional toll. Yeah, my anxiety is up for sure. Uh, the depression clouds are creeping in, but that happens. Anxiety and depression creep in when my diet is not optimal. Yeah, when my joints are inflamed, why wouldn't my the rest of me be inflamed and uncomfortable? Of course they are, but it's just part of it. It's just part of the bigger process as a whole. We're all on this journey. It's okay. I'm going to let myself have a pizza and a muffin. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let myself do that. Did I also start rewatching the Gilmore Girls? Yeah, I did. Why? Because it's fall. Huh? Yeah. Today's the equinox. Well, I'm, I'm recording this on Sunday. So today's the equinox. And on equinox is, is, well, is it today or was it yesterday? The equinox was this weekend. And it is the time when we transition out of spring, uh, out of summer and into the fall. And when we transition into the fall, I just change, you know, my body and mind go back to certain points in my life where fall just felt like fall. You know, I start craving more jackets. I start craving more cinnamon. You know, I want some hot toddies. I bought myself a bunch of pears and then they ripened like immediately. And I was like, what do I do with all these pears? I've been looking up a bunch of pear recipes online and all of them are just full of sugar and fat. And I can't be having that. So I just, I just juiced them. Yeah, I'm going to be having pear juice all week. And that's all right with me. That's just fine with me. I like pears. Folks, if you have not signed up, please become a Patreon member. What's stopping you? I mean, if you're on Patreon and if you're supporting K-Drama School, you're going to be getting more content from me. I will be discussing shows and movies that are not discussed on my K-Drama School podcast, meaning I'll be discussing shows and movies that are made in New Jersey, made in Hollywood, made in South America, made in Mexico, made in... Made wherever else, you know, it could be English language, it could be Spanish language, it could be any language. I will be covering all different kinds of diverse media that I happen to watch that go beyond the scope of Korean television shows. So if you're interested in hearing about that, learning about that, communing with me about that, please join my Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash school and learn how you can support this podcast via Patreon because your support matters a great deal to me. If you want to get some swag, some merch, some K-Drama School merch, you may do so. You can go to the K-Drama School store, which is at kdramaschool.com slash store. 
And you can email me at info at kdramaschool.com if you have any questions or, you know, TV suggestions for me to cover on this podcast. Yeah, I'm open to them. I'm receptive. Yeah, I may not always do it because if the show doesn't interest me, I'll, I'm going to not do it. But sometimes, sometimes those things align what the person requests and what I'm interested in, they do align. So let's see. Let's see what kind of magic we can make. Yes, email me, info at kdramaschool.com. Today I'll be discussing the show Miraculous Brothers, which is a JTBC K-drama that aired this summer. And it's done. It's already done. But Netflix has been, I guess, dilly-dallying, lollygagging, whatever. Netflix has not been on top of their shit. So... If you're watching this show on Netflix, you're going to have to wait at least two more weeks until the show is over. Then you'll have the whole series at your disposable, at your disposable, at your disposal. But for now, you can watch the whole show on either Viki or Drama Cool. Just go to Drama Cool. You can watch everything on, for free on Drama Cool. Of course, you have to add an ad blocker. Otherwise, you have to watch like a bunch of porn like all throughout. There's all, a lot of porn ads. Okay, Miraculous Brothers. It is uh, very. It's got a really excellent premise that it starts out with. All right, so if so, this is this is the premise. Like, what if you're a struggling writer who happens to find a complete novel manuscript in the backpack of a teenage boy you just hit with your car, and that teenage boy is in a coma, and there's no certainty that he will wake up. And you're a struggling writer. You have so much debt and you only work part-time jobs as a delivery boy. And it's really dehumanizing and degrading. And you happen to have this manuscript. And so you decide to publish it. Yeah, you decide to publish it using your name, even though you did not write it. And, and let's say that you start blowing up. But what happens? This little kid that was comatose, he wakes up. Oh my gosh. And you now have a relationship with this little kid. And you feel guilty the whole time because you stole this manuscript out of his backpack. But turns out this little kid did not write the manuscript. It was his older brother who wrote it. And this older brother is now an adult and he knows he knows that you stole it. Oh, also this teenage boy, uh, he came from the past. Yeah, there was like some universe glitch and he somehow ended up in front of your car from the past. That's the premise, yeah. Okay, so like... The premise of this struggling writer stealing another person's manuscript, this is not a new premise. It actually reminds me of the 2010 movie by Woody Allen called You Will Meet a Tall Dark Stranger, where Josh Brolin's character does the exact same thing. He steals his comatose, no, he steals his dead friend's manuscript. He thinks his friend is dead from a car accident, but later it turns out he was comatose. Yeah. And the book is published and the lies have been spread, but friend's comatose and the friend starts waking up and that's where the movie ends right but in this show the premise is like oh this kid is now awake we're still in the early part of the shows so what's gonna happen yeah well here's the thing i feel like woody allen did a better job because that ending like the stakes of that ending it's like oh my god what the drama of this what is gonna happen it's like unbelievable it's unfathomable but the way that this show keeps running, it's like, even though those stakes are so high, those stakes start to deplete episode by episode because people just don't seem to care whether or not this guy stole it, you know? For a second there, it's like a little bit like, oh, what's going to happen? 
But no, no, no. The, the balloon of those stakes like shrinks down as the show continues. The writer tries to rationalize why he stole this manuscript and published it as his own. He does this throughout the series. And it's really fascinating watching him do this. Because, like, where is his artistic integrity? Where is his writer's dignity? It's all out the window. And he has to do so much talking and so much, like, self-psyching up to feel okay with his decision. Because he's just plagued by guilt. Plagued by guilt. Plagued by fear. I mean, he's not living a peaceful life at all. None whatsoever. This teenager, Kang San, who shows up from the past, it's like, well, why? Why did he show up from the past? We need to figure this out. Okay? Let's start with Dongju, Yuk Dongju, the character Yuk Dongju. Uh, his name is modeled after a modern Korean poet named Yun Dongju. Yun Dongju's poems were published um, during the colonial era in South Korea. And they were very nationalistic in nature because Yun Dongju happened to be an independence fighter. He was an activist. And he was against the Japanese imperial rule over South, not South Korea, over the Korean Peninsula at the time. And the colonial doctors, the Japanese colonial doctors in that era, they conducted a lot of inhumane experiments on Korean prisoners' bodies. And Yun Dongju happened to be one of those people, and then he died in prison at the tender age of 27. Now, Yuk Dongju has a similar work of justice that is being teased out throughout this show because he needs to reveal the truth of why his father died, okay? Like, his father died, it's like coincided with this little boy that he hit. Why his father died is one reason that he's trying to uncover the truth. Another reason is like, who murdered this homeless man? And where's the videotape that caught footage of these young teenage kids murdering this homeless man? And how is it, how does that storyline coincide with the death of his father? And how does this coincide with him stealing this manuscript? And this weirdo dude named Hanu who knows that he stole his manuscript, and Hanul is actually the author of that manuscript. And how does it coincide with this teenage boy? So it's a very convoluted situation. But Yuk Dongju does have to uncover some truths, and he needs to bring justice to the to light, because he's sitting on a whole lot of truths here. The way that Dongju tries to hide and rationalize his choices for stealing and publishing that manuscript is no different from how the rich kids, who are now adults, rationalize and hide their choices for having murdered and tortured this poor, poor innocent man when they were teenagers. And then there's another criminal named Hanu, who is going around killing these rich people who murdered this homeless man. And he feels like the, his murdering, his acts of murder, are justified because these people committed such a heinous crime. But that is why Kang San shows up from the past. Because he has to confront Hanu, right? So Kang San is the one innocent person on this show. He's still a teenage boy, and he suffered the same abuse as Hanu, 
has when he was a kid, right? Hanul and and Kangsan were both abused little boys at this church where a pastor, a reverend, physically abused these young kids. But Kangsan preserves the light. He maintains the light, and he decides to just make choices that are of the light. But Hanul is a little different. He's cut from a different cloth. He decides to lean into the darkness. It's like he suffered so much abuse, so much injustice, that he decides that he needs to do something about that injustice by taking it out on the world. And he thinks that it's he's justified in doing that because the people that he's after happen to be criminals. Okay, but that's of course questionable, right? Because how come Kang San, who suffered the same abuse, how come he's not going around murdering people, whereas Hana is? Yeah. Dongchu tries to rationalize that he had no choice but to steal this manuscript. He rationalizes that you know he was stuck in a very difficult circumstance and he was in a sticky situation. He had no choice but to do this heinous thing. Just as these teenagers rationalize their decision to torture and murder an innocent man, and they continue to do that in their adulthood, they continue to forget and forgive their own choices and believe that it's okay. Hanu tries to rationalize his acts of murder as justified by going after these murderers. Okay, but we see that Kang San takes no part in those kinds of choices. He's like, well, I'm just gonna live my life and preserve what I consider to be valuable and hold dear.、Hmm? So, what is the message here? It's kind of like, mind your own business. Yeah, mind your own business and tend to your own pain first. Right, like I think that's something people forget. I certainly forget it often, and I have to remind myself constantly. I remind myself of this daily. You know, like my head will fire off with all kinds of feelings of injustices, which are based from my own feelings of injustices from my past traumas. But then I wake up, and then I realize there's really nothing for me to do about those so-called injustices from my past. Why? Because it's in the past. It's over, and I don't need to go around taking out. That rage on other people in the present day, and there is no way to find justice, quote unquote justice, for something like that. One will never find it. The only thing that matters is tending to my own pain, because behind that motivation to fight and be an activist and be a whatever and go and take care of business and change the world and da 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 da, be a hero. All of that, it's all motivated by. Pain and fear, pain from the past and fear that it'll happen again. So I gotta tend to my inner pain, tend to my inner fear, and that's the only work I gotta do. It's as simple as that. And yet, and yet the world does not know this. And yet the world does not know this. The media certainly doesn't know this. Why do you think people who read the news are way more anxious? I have not read the news. I have not read the news in forever, like over a year. Of no news, no TV news, no like I unsubscribe from New York Times and all of that shit. And I swear to God, my life is so much more peaceful than than it was when I was reading the news obsessively. Yeah, you don't need that. You don't need that added drama. Take care of your own drama, and I don't mean like take care of it as in like extinguish it. No, I mean look at it, <laughs> pay attention to it, look at it, just observe it. And if there is a part of you that needs some tending to, go and tend to that pain. That's all. That's the only thing we need to do here. 
I love the actor Cheng Wu. Cheng Wu, the guy who plays this Dong Ju fella, I think he's such an excellent performer. He was in Reply 1994. I would say that that's the show that's really given him like a career boost because he's been in show business at least five years prior to that or at, oh, possibly even 10 years prior to that. He's been around for a minute and that show definitely put him on the map. And he's an amazingly talented actor. He's not the best looking actor. Like he's not like a K-drama stud by no means. But he's such an he's such a talent. He's an excellent performer. So anytime he's on a show, I'm interested. I'm like, I wanna I wanna watch. I'm, i I want to see this guy. He's entertaining. He's definitely an entertainer. The actor Pei Hyun Sung, the young kid, he's very interesting, very new. Yeah. He I think his debut was on Hospital Playlist, even though I don't re recall him being on that show but yeah that's his debut he was in hospital playlist and i remember him from our blues of course he was so good in our blues such a range of emotions but in miraculous brothers like this poor kid's range is very limited but i would say that that's more of a testament to the directing and possibly the writing of this show i would not blame that on hyunsung specifically because he's such a young kid and he's just arrived in the k-drama scene i mean he's still growing as an actor he's still learning i think he needs more time to ripen and to really find his voice his his own way of expression but i think he's well on his way because he was so good in our blues. I know that he has it. He know he has what it takes. But the the lucky thing about this guy, Hyun Sung, is that he's been on in a lot of hits. A lot of K-drama hits. So he's a lucky actor. He gets a lot of good shows in his filmography.